Welcome to Books with Bitches. I'm Maria. And I'm Madison. Welcome. And today we are reading The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornichuk. Yay. Pages 1 to 116. Yep. Because we keep picking books that don't have chapters. What is it? Good Omens, The the White Cat, The Glass Castle. Glass Castle. (laughs) Yeah, but yay. But first, follow us on Instagram at BooksWBitches. You can DM us there. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, either be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. And if you don't want to DM us on Instagram, you can always email us at BooksWBitches. Bitches is spelled with a one at gmail.com. We take book recommendations, ratings, and if you want to be a guest on the podcast, let us know what book you read and if you'd like to talk to us about it or if you want to be on one of my weird unhinged episodes where I just talk about weird books. Yay. Yay. Maria's supposed to read a book and we're supposed to do an unhinged episode on it. A flicker in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if I have time to read that. Boo. But anyway, Madison, this is your pick. So tell us why you picked this book. It's a really convoluted way how I picked this book. So I wanted to read Circe's by Madeline Miller. Which I did read. It is it's an okay read. You've already read it without me? Sorry. Well, then I'm glad I didn't pick it. Well, I wanted to read Circe's, but I was like, oh, we can't do another uh, Greek mythology pick because there's so many other mythologies for you to pick from. And I didn't want to just stay in that one mythology. So I was like, all right, so we'll do a different mythology. And I was kind of leaning towards more like Chinese or uh, Hindu mythology. And then Luke was playing God of War and it Mm -hmm. was... It's the kind of like the Norse one. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I was like Norse mythology retelling books and the witch's heart showed up. So I picked that one. Well, I mean, I approve this pick. (laughs) I like it so far. When I told you I was picking this book, what did you initially think? Honestly, I was kind of looking forward to it because I do like I don't know much about Norse mythology but I do have an interest in it. Whereas like Greek mythology, because like that was what we talked about in high school. I was more so because there's so much to Greek mythology and I have no idea how any of it works that I was just like, ah, I don't really know how I'm going to feel about A Song of Achilles. But I mean, it was still really, really good. So this one, I was like, okay, let me be open minded. And hopefully it's a good book. And so far, I really like it. So I like Norse mythology. I know considerably less about it compared to Greek mythology. And that has to do with, like you said, like in school, like we always cover Greek mythology. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know some something about Greek mythology. The problem with Norse mythology is I think there's two original texts left oh and those texts have been bastardized so bad from catholicism just like spreading to those regions and rewriting myths and it's also a problem in like celtic mythology so everything in kind of norse mythology is a little bit more nebulous than it is with uh greek and roman mythology so it's it's sad but i'd like to i want to see the creative take on it i guess Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that because, like I, like I said, I have no idea what the echelons, I guess you could say, of Norse mythology are. So it's just kind of like, I mean, I've seen some from the Avengers, but I also don't follow the Avengers very, very well. So I'm like, okay, I know Loki, but is he actual, like, is he an actual depiction of how Norse mythology depicts him, you know? I don't think Loki is actually Thor's brother, so... Right, I know, I realized that too, when I was like, wait, but I thought he was Thor's brother and son of Odin, but here they're saying that he's brothers to Odin, so I was like, I'm so confused, but... It's not even like brothers to Odin, it's like a sworn blood oath brothers. Yeah. And then, like, Loki is definitely a giant, and, like, any 
source material. But yeah, definitely like, okay. But yeah, no, I'm excited that you, you were excited for my pick. I feel like that's how it's been through this whole podcast. I was excited for the Glass Castle. Yeah, and it ended up being... Where? For me, at least. (laughs) You liked it, though. Yeah, okay. We've talked about this. No one's gonna write a memoir about their mediocre childhood. Hey, guys. Welcome to my mediocre childhood. Hope you enjoy. (laughs) And it's just me being relatable. Because, like, I guess everyone's had the same childhood. Everyone from the 90s had the same childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you act like a waterbender in the shower? Cool, me too. Like, you laid on the floor and played with the doorstop spring thing until your mom yelled at you? Yeah. Or you start talking to yourself and you say a keyword that makes you realize that you are talking to yourself and you just go, you know what? I'm just going to go lay down now. That's fine. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just like, that's why I didn't have a problem with the glass castle. Like I have problems with like her parents. Right. Right. But it's like, that's your lived experience. I have in no way, shape or form and in any position to judge it. But yeah, yeah no, anyway. that's that's the whole thing about memoirs. Like I've gotten into like, mountaineering memoirs lately. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much like they talk about their childhood. They'll sometimes talk about how they got into mountaineering. But usually they just talk about like one significant event that people are interested in talking about. It's like, and for Jeanette Walls, her interesting thing to talk about was like the very unique way that she was raised. So, right. All right. Sorry. Do you want to go first for the five sentence summary or shall I? Uh, you can since this okay, is. Okay, fuck. Thing. How does this book start? <laughs> I know. That's why I'm trying to like. I'm um, like, I know it starts with Golvig, but it doesn't just start with like her being burned at the stake. Okay. I got this. Once upon a time. There was a young witch who lived in Asgard who was very powerful and cool. The Asgardians did not appreciate there being someone who was more powerful and cooler than them who wouldn't do their bidding for them. So they killed her three times. On the third time, she loses her heart and then she is recovering because she doesn't die any of the times that they kill her. She is recovering and a interesting person comes along with her heart and gives it back to her literally and romantically (laughs) obviously romantically they fall in love and she makes a friend in the forest and then her and the guy get married and have children but he's still a piece of shit (laughs) okay so we have Golvig who is a witch killed thrice by the Asgardians she returns and renames herself as Angerboda and she's trying to stay hidden from the Asgardians specifically Odin where she meets a unsuspected love interest that came from a unsuspected friendship she ends up having his children whilst also making friends with Gotti and she remains protected in this unknown territory and her life is going pleasantly swell Are you ready to get into it? I'm ready. I am not. (laughs) This has like the same feel as a memoir Mm -hmm. and as kind of the red tent where there's a lot of things happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about the timeline at all. Yeah, timeline is kind of fucky, but... No, but the timeline, it gets easier once they have kids because it's easier to be all like, oh, it has, it's been this long because the kid is this old. Right. But before that happens... it's fucky so this book starts long ago when the gods were young and asgard was new there came a witch from the edge of the world she knew many ancient spells but she was especially skilled as sight a magic that allowed one to travel out of body and 
divine the future. This greatly appealed to Odin, the highest of the Aesir. When he learned of her abilities, he offered to impart upon the witch his knowledge of the runes in exchange for teaching him the Said. So she does that. Do they kind of like fall in love? Who? Odin and Golvig? I don't just like know. A working relationship. I, I think it was just a working relationship. I never got the feel that they were fucking. I don't know. It's mythology. Everyone like fucks. But anyways, so the, Odin wants to find out more secrets and she doesn't want to. So he kills her three times and he calls her Golvig, which means gold lust. So you already see he's besmirching this poor witch's name. Because she doesn't want to do what he wants. So when the Nier find out that the Aesir are being dicks, they get mad. And that starts the first war in the cosmos. Not only is this witch super cool, she's literally the cause of one of the first wars between the Aesir and the Vidir. And then it says the third time she was reborn and Golvig fled, though she left something behind, her spirit heart still smoking on the pyre. That is where he found it. Okay, so I think when we first, I hadn't started reading the book yet, but you had and you were like oh my god lmao the book what and you're like oh you'll you'll know when you read it and so like the book says this is where he found it and found it and he sees her he watching her trumpet time shipping she's like i can fucking see you how long are you gonna stand there and he's like you're difficult to find and then at some point he's like offering her heart back to her oh here it is she shook she took it and stared when she felt the bundle pulsating rhythmically in her hands. Your heart, he explained. I was going to eat it for some reason, but I decided that maybe you should have it back. That's the part that I thought you were laughing at. No, no, no. It was <laughs> way further into the book. Because I was like, yeah, someone telling me to my face who's holding my heart that they were going to eat it in front of my face. I would be like, all right, that's kind of funny. No, no. Although that is. That's weird. I mean, it's it's Loki. But he also talked to me. He's like, you know, if I ate the heart of the most powerful witch who's caused the first war, I, I feel like I would gain some kind of cosmic power from eating the heart. Mm-hmm. He, he might have been right. Do you have anything to say? So on page eight, our, our mysterious stranger who's brought back Golvig's heart was like, so I take it. You're not going by Golvig anymore. What do they call you now? I'm not sure. She was still not sure what to make of this man. It was difficult to decide how much she would tell him. You don't know your own name, he asked, raising his eyebrows. She shrugged. I thought I would like to travel, in which case they would call me something depending on the nature of my wanderings, though I may yet decide to rest here for a time. And what will you call yourself then if you stay? She considered this for a moment or two before she said Angerboda. So now that's her name, which stands for Proclaimer of Sorrows. Fitting. I think it's funny when he says right after that, why would I want to be your friend if that's all you're going to do? And she says, you're the one who decided we are friends. <laughs> you kind of see from the dialogue, which we're not reading nor sharing with you. Because um, <laughs> we're terrible. But you can't, you see this like fun, quippy friendship forming immediately between Agraboda and Loki, which is fun to read. And then they talk about how some other witches used to live in the Ironwoods. Right, I heard stories about them growing up, the old one and her wolf children. Well, Agraboda, I don't think he's told her where, who she is yet. And he's like, oh, so you're from Asgard. And he's like, but she's like, but you're a giant. So you have more of Loki, Loki and Agraboda learning about themselves. Do you have anything? I have something on page 11. Do we? We don't know if she's the old one in her wolf children, right? Like she doesn't remember if she gave birth to wolf children. No, we don't know. Okay. So it's brought up on page nine that her love interest, which we've already 
establishes Logie, stated that he heard stories about an old woman and her wolf children. And so she just doesn't know if she's given birth to wolf children because she's been killed three times. She doesn't really remember many of her lives. Also, if you just have like an eternal life, how much are you going to remember before like... Imagine all the diary entries you would have, you know? So it's funny, Luke was talking about, he was reading some kind of series that they had to do with like dark elves where like they are immortal, but I think the they only acknowledge the last 300 years as their current life because that's all they can remember. So when mm. they go somewhere and like people are like, oh, you're you're the elf from the legend and the elf will be like, ah, that was like me from another life. Like I am no longer that person because I don't fucking remember it, which mm. is interesting. And I wonder if that's kind of what's happening here or if it is right. just the... Well, I got killed on the stake three different times, so I just don't remember anything. Which could be a possibility. Who knows? I'm sure maybe as we continue in the book, she'll like have memories that come up and be like, whoa, okay, that was from a past life. I don't know. You think if she starts using the Saeed more, she'd remember more? Maybe. But I know for sure she's probably like, I feel like something traumatic or something great has to happen for her to even use the site. So Loki, I don't think he's established himself yet as Loki, but they're arguing about, I would, she says something and he's like, I can't believe he went on that you would besmirch my good name on implying that I'm an oathbreaker. I would have to know your name in order to besmirch it. Would I not? You're besmirching the idea of my good name, the idea of your name itself or the idea that it is a good name. She's like, I, I don't know your name. And if you're not going to tell me, I'm going to come up with a name for you. And he's like, oh my gosh, what what would you name me? Do you ever do that to people like you don't tell them your name? And you're like, now I'm curious. What do you think my name is? No. It's like, guess my I astrology sign. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate their banter. Like, she just met this guy and she's able to, like, be witty back to him, which... I appreciate a good banter. I mean, I I can see why she's willing to have like witty banter with him because he did return her heart after all, you know, right. after threatening to eat it again on this page. But I have on page like 12, like at like the end on the very bottom. Well, he says his name is Loki Laufei Jarson, which is fun because it's, it's actually how people I still I, okay so loki's last name i think is how they still give people last names in iceland which is which is you take but well, I, I don't think loki acknowledges that he is a father in this so laufe is his mother's name okay and i don't know where the jar comes from but because loki is her son it ends with son interesting and okay. i could be wrong about that because someone told me that when I was I was talking to a guy from Iceland at a restaurant. So I don't know if that's accurate, but it's on the very bottom of the page. They're like, you know, Agraboda, he said, I do think we're going to be the best of friends. And I was like, I think like you guys are already besties and you just met. So this is like the makeshift time skip chapter two-ish. And how she starts making her home. So I'm chapter 13 is when we start this new section. And she's choosing a cave. Angerboat is choosing a cave because she wants to hide. And if she were to make a home, it would be too noticeable. Caves are fun, first of all. I know. And the way, like, the further into the book we go, the more it seems like her cave is just so cozy and, like, just a wonderful place to be in. So this is oh, where I was and like, then, oh, sorry. 
Oh, go ahead. No. So on page 14, I was like, is this a little too on the nose for you? But I felt like it was a little on the nose for me. It's like, she put her heart back where it belonged to by leaving her body enough to numb the pain, but staying connected enough to move her hands. She'd opened the wound where they'd speared her. There still remained a vertical raised scar between her breasts, but it felt like something was missing from her, like the hole in her heart had not yet fully healed. I was like, oh, she has a hole in her heart? Really, guys? (laughs) <laughs> from being stabbed or because she misses um she wants a person yeah exactly but what i was gonna say was that so angerboda goes to check her snares and notices like she has no food and she's like what the heck because it should be noted that the area that she chose to create her home kind of desolate and there's not very much uh in forms of game wild game or anything like that as well as like foliage which we notice throughout the book the longer she's there the more activity there is the more growth there is which maybe is like a symbol you know a symbol to like her growing but anyway so as she's checking her snares a giant arrow whizzes past her head and plants in the tree behind her and this is where we meet scotty do you have anything you want to say about scotty i love her (laughs) okay She was known in Yodaheim for being the huntress as the huntress for her skills with archery and trapping. So, and then it describes her. She was pretty in her way with thick pale hair and two braids under her fur trimmed cap and strong skilled hands. Her eyes were a great glacial blue. Scotty is just like mountaineering woman to the max. She knows how to do everything. Scotty's like, where the hell are you from? I can barely understand your accent. And Agravota just says, I'm very old, older than I look. You're from the mountains. Where are your skis? Can you just imagine a giant skiing down the mountain? (laughs) But then Agrabilda tells her that I am a witch, but surely not the one you seek. And then she's like, a witch? What sort of witch? And then they're like, what can you do? And then her and Scotty kind of like make a trade where Agrabilda is like, if you bring me stuff, I'll make you potions out of it. And then you can sell the potions. And that's how I'll pay you for whatever you're bringing me. Which then in turn creates a very helpful friendship between the two of them. We talk a little bit about Freya as well. And like, so this is like more into Norse mythology and how Freya is now lives among the Ovesir and how Golvig was the one to teach Freya the Said. I don't have anything else until the page 21. So just like a little excerpt between Scotty and Angerboda, how Scotty is going out and bartering Newtonheim, comes back with knives, spoons, linen, woolen, linens, woolens, and cooking a cooking pot and asks for woodcutting and game, which she had either caught for herself or traded for. This arrangement was such that Scotty brought her large wooden boxes filled with small lidded clay pots padded on all sides with unspun wool so they wouldn't break. Some of the items Scotty brought back gave the witch cause to believe her potions were making their way beyond Jotunheim. Scotty said she did have a few contacts who traded with dwarves and Nidavellir and dark elves in Svartalfheim. I could be saying these wrong, I'm so sorry. Uh, and even with humans, which I was very surprised to see that humans, I don't know why I was just thinking that this was like a whole other land, but then the fact that there are humans around, it's like, okay, where out? Is this like Harry Potter where it's like a whole other world? I don't know. 
you know, like a whole other dimension is what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know. I'm not mad at you. I just don't want to explain this part of Norse mythology to you. <laughs> like, I, how does it work? I thought there was a portal or something. That's what I'm confused. But, you know, it's fine. You don't have to explain it. We can talk about it at the end. Okay. <laughs> just like write it down, put a pin in it so I don't forget or something. Okay. Okay. That has officially been put on the, put on the agenda. So on page 21 at the end of the... the the last part of the paragraph before there's a big break, we see Agraboda thinking, maybe things will be different this year. Every spring, Ironwood seems to get a bit greener, but perhaps this is just my imagination. So we see it's just her and Scotty kind of for, they've set up this trade for a couple of years because there mm-hmm. is an acknowledgement every spring it implies multiple spring, multiple springs have passed. So, but it also acknowledges, like you were saying earlier, the longer she stays there, the more for, the more fertile the ironwood seems to get right and i'm gonna say here i don't think it has to do with agraboda's growth i just think it has to do with her being there yeah but anyways then going on to the next kind of section it starts with loki still came to bother her at his leisure she was fine with that as she enjoyed his company though she did find him a little much at times peace and quiet were the only companions she could rely on loki was interested in neither peace nor quiet and can i just acknowledge that the author's use of neither and nor is a spot on spectacular thank you for using it correctly but then again he didn't seem to be all that reliable himself so agraboda is just like acknowledging that loki is like the wind and he just comes when he pleases and she doesn't know when he's coming she doesn't know when he's going and though i like their friendship i'm kind of with scotty later on in the book so i wanted to say okay so there is a part on 23 where Loki goes, how wonderfully domestic. What are you cooking? Rabbit stew. Do you ever eat anything other than rabbit? If you don't want my rabbit stew, you can leave. And to think you were once a powerful witch who did interesting things. I still am a powerful witch and you would not do well to forget it. She spurned the st- uh, stew into bowls and passed one to him and they sat down on the opposite benches at her new table. How are things with the gods? And I'm just sitting here like multiple times does Loki make comments like this where he kind of puts her down and he's just joking. But to her, she's like, why are you even saying this like you you annoy me and part of me is like loki stop you're annoying but i know that that's his character but it's also like oh my gosh be nice for one second and he has his moments but like you said i'm also with scotty later which is why i love her because that's just like a lot of emotional drain emotional turmoil that he's putting her through but anyway that's all i got to say about that as someone who is mean just like a mean sarcastic person i understand why loki doesn't understand why he's hurting her when he makes those remarks because to him he is joking right and loki doesn't seem like the most emotionally one available nor i don't think loki possesses emotional emotional intelligence at all no i don't think so either so it's like you said it's like his character where you're like i can't fault him for being that way because he's a character he's written to be that way he's not like a real person (laughs) Right. The first, I want to say, like, intertwining of Agraboda into a Norse myth, where Loki shows up with his mouth half sewn shut. Mm-hmm. Which was very... I was not... Okay. The first word on page 24 is alarmed. I, too, was alarmed. Because what the fuck? 
I mean, Loki. And I, I, I think it goes back to me for some reason connecting Loki to the Avengers, which I hate so much because I don't even watch them, but because I've already like associated. So I'm not in, like expecting gore or violence, you know, where it's sewing someone's mouth shut or, you know, like killing people because you took their horse. I don't know, you know, or like a horse giving birth to, you know, another horse because you're a shapeshifter. Like, I'm not expecting that. So when I read that, I'm like, whoa, what is happening right now? So I have to get out of that mindset because I'm definitely thinking Disney right now, not Norse mythology. That's like the most fun thing about Norse, like any mythology, really. You're just like, you just kind of sit there, you read it and you're like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Yeah. And like the myth keeps going, like it's like something completely normal just happened. It's like when you're reading the Iliad and you're like reading this poetry and you're like Achilles is fighting the river and you're like wait Achilles is fighting the river what but yeah so Loki shows up with his face sewn shut and she's like it's gonna scar because he's like half picked it open Mm-hmm. But you get to see like the real affection between Agraboda and Loki here where she's willing to take care of him when everyone else is like, fuck you, Loki. And then she's like, how, why are you in trouble? What did you do? And then you get to see that Agraboda gets to see more of the trickster side of Loki that she doesn't really get to see when he comes to visit her. Right. I have something on page 30 if you have anything else. So the reason why Loki got his mouth sewn shut was because he pulled a prank on Thor rather than Thor's wife. So he, Thor, okay, Loki says, I made the mischief and fixed it as I want to do. But in the meantime, I simply could not stop myself from shooting my mouth, as you would say. Shocking, what sort of mischief was this that you pulled? You know of Thor's wife, Sif. Well, while he was off drinking with the rest of the gods, I snuck into their chamber. While she slept and cut her hair off, she didn't so much as stir as I did it, but in the morning you could hear her screaming all over Asgard. And when they heard me screaming, a sword chased me down and threatened to break every bone in my body if I didn't fix it. I thought it would be funny. I question your sense of humor. Among other things, what happened next? I lost a bet. I went to the dwarves seeking new hair for Sif and got two more items out of the deal. Then I went to another pair of dwarves and bet them they couldn't make items as fine as the first set. But the gods liked the second set better. And if it weren't for my own boundless cleverness, I wouldn't have had I wouldn't have a head right now. But my head, they couldn't have my neck, you see. So they settled on sewing my mouth shut with an awl. So like, why does he do that? Why does he put him in these predicaments? Because then... it was funny. <laughs> like okay that doesn't make it anyways okay i think you you need we need to go over like mythology archetypes okay loki is okay. a trickster do you know about like virtue ethics okay so if anyone knows what virtue ethics is it's like oh a dog's virtue is to be loyal and if a dog is not loyal it's not considered like a good dog okay we'll apply that to loki's vir- virtue is being a trickster if loki is not causing mischief being clever getting out of things by the skin of his teeth but still getting punished he would not be considered a good trickster archetype okay okay so literally he's just doing his job fascinating (laughs) i can see like the mental block with you you're like that makes no sense as a human being it it doesn't but i mean it's fine. I don't know. If that is. <laughs> Anything else before page 30? Nope. I'm good. You're good to go. There is a part before this where she's telling Loki, she's like, I'm going to go like clean your clothes. And he's like, there's dirt on my pants. <laughs> and she's like, you don't need to take them off. And he's like, so you want my dirt in your bed? When did my bed become a factor in this? Right. So, 
like Loki is just like, I'm asleep in your bed. And she's like, who does who and when? <laughs> who said you can? Like, <laughs> exactly. Get out of my bed. But then she lets him do it anyway. And then I have something on 32. If you don't have anything else. Nope, you can go ahead. So on page 31, it goes on the bottom. Perhaps it's because you're pathetic and I have an overwhelming urge to take care of pathetic people, Agrabotus said under her breath. Almost like your urge to keep talking when you should when you should probably stop and think instead. By way of a response, he proceeded to move over such that there was was the smallest possible space between their bodies, between them without their bodies actually touching. And within minutes, he was asleep, leaving her awake to listen to his snoring, leaving her to feel an odd fluttering in her chest, an unwelcome stirring inside her. Something was awakening that would be better off asleep, better off in the furthest recesses of her mind where it couldn't bother her. But Loki was nothing if not bothered. So I was like, is she falling in love with him? Right. And then the next part, Agrabota wakes up and Loki is trying to make them breakfast. And then he says, you're a bad hostess. I feel like you're just like, Loki's mean and he should know he's being mean. (laughs) But to me, I'm just like, yeah, he's being sarcastic. Yes. And you know how sometimes your your sarcasm pisses me off. (laughs) I just, I'll just make you red beans and rice and everything's okay. Everything will be okay. (laughs) Until one day it's not. And then I'll be like, my best friend hates me. I have something on 35. Do you have anything else before that? So Mm -hmm. Agrabota leaves and she's like, I'm going to go find us berries. And then Loki shows up behind her because she's been taking forever. And she's he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, she says, someone used to live here. Oh, I see. Maybe your witchy magic scared them away. Or maybe it was just your face. Agrabota troll woman. She responds with, what if these were troll women as well? Loki arched his eyebrows and say the Yarvengineer. I said that wrong. And the only reason I'm acknowledging this is I was like, because I need to obviously do more research on the subject. Because I was like, is that the giantess with the wolf children? Which uh, which page are you on? 35. Near the bottom. The Jarnvidjir? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But then they're like... Those if you look the- at my Google, a lot of it is like, how do you pronounce this word? Yeah. <laughs> When she heard Loki get up and follow her, oblivious to her uneasiness at the discovery of these ruins, he complained all the way back to the cave. But what about breakfast? You know, that's that's me, though. I'm always worried about food. When is it time to eat? Like, I'm supposed to be eating in the next half an hour. And I'm just like, but I haven't made my rice yet. (laughs) I haven't made my rice yet. (laughs) So I have on page 37, Agrabota calling out Loki for being a shitty friend. Do you have anything before that? Want me to go? No, you can go. Okay, so on page 37, she goes, they're talking about how the Yggdrasil is now Odin's means of transport, and she dared not go anywhere near it. When Loki didn't say anything, Agrabota turned to him and changed the subject. So what's going on? You only come here when you're bored or troubled, and you seem more of the latter today. And then he's like, it's not, that's not true. He pressed his lip together as if trying to keep himself from speaking, but the words started to tumble out anyways. But, well, recently there was this builder who came to Asgard with his horse and offered to build a wall in exchange for Freya and the sun and the moon too. But we know Freya was the real surprise. So we're getting the crossover of another myth involving Loki in the story. And this is Maria's favorite myth, apparently. (laughs) She talked about it earlier. What myth? Hmm? What myth? Okay, so he's like, oh, the builder came with his horse and I made him a bed. Oh, yes. <laughs> and now he's a horse. Well, the problem is the builder's stallion is supernaturally strong and the wall is almost finished and the Aesir are about to lose what they've wagered and they say it's my fault now. 
and I have to fix it. And then on page 38, on page 38 it goes, perhaps the only solution is to keep your mouth shut next time before someone shuts it for you. Agrabota said lightly, again, Loki grinned at her, the light from the day the light from the fire dancing in his eyes. I would very much like to see them try. And it's like, Loki, you know it keeps getting you in trouble, but it's, he just can't help himself. Archetypes, right. like I talked about. And then a short time after he left, while she was out collecting firewood, a horse came up beside her and nudged her arm. And she was so startled at the touch that it nearly caused her to drop the kindling she was cradling like an infant. Oh, hello, she said absently. And then she's staring at it and she goes, what brings you here in such a form, Loki? I'm in trouble, the Marin has said in her head. What sort of trouble? You'll see in a few months. So, Maria, why don't you tell us about what happened in your favorite <laughs> So, apparently, okay, so um, a mare is the female horse, correct? And the stallion is the no, male mare horse. mare is the giant. No, no, mare. A oh, mare a horse. mare, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, a mare is a giant and has nothing to do with this myth. <laughs> so Loki is a female horse and is pregnant by the stallion, which goes against all sorts of laws of physics, I guess. I don't know. So anyway... Loki's pregnant as a horse. Weird. I thought that was hilarious. But then Scott, Scotty shows up and she goes, oh, that's why you needed so much hay. Where did you get a horse? <laughs> like, surprise, I have a pregnant horse. And then Scotty says, you're an odd woman, Angerboda, even for a witch. Do you have potions for me? Like, I think Scotty at this point is just kind of, she's like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to go with it and just give me what I need to go barter so I can get my stuff. It's like when either I tell you something or you tell me something and it's like fucked up and weird and you're like, you're like, this is just reality. Like, I, I will accept listening to you complain about something, no matter how dumb or weird the circumstances. You're like, yep, that's happening. Oh, keep right. it moving. I think the only thing that I questioned you on was cutting your hair, but look at us now. <laughs> Cut it again just to piss you off. So Loki is like, so that's Scotty. And it's like, so you, me, and the goats. It's going to be a long winter. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck like this for longer than that, Loki said sullenly. Can't you just whip up a potion and chant and a chant and get me out of this faster? And Agrabot is like, I will see what I can do. You did this to yourself. Oh boy. my God. <laughs> he gives birth to cool. the most had eight legs. <laughs> fucked up looking horse ever. Scotty wondered at the colt for it had eight legs and she'd never seen anything like it before. Loki and Agrabota were amused at her amazement. They were used to the cult by now. And I was like, yeah, I would I would be all like, why do you have a spider horse? Right. Like, that's <laughs> weird. You know, at this point, I just got to understand that mythology just doesn't make sense. No, it does not. And it's fun that way. And Akrabota wants to keep the horse. And Loki's no. like, no, I'm about to give this horse to my blood brother, Odin. And then they make fun of him for it. And then Agrabota asks on page 42, did Odin like his gift? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But obviously because he's back, something's wrong. I think they don't know. They think that I don't know what they're saying about me. I bring them a great gift and I'm rewarded with. He waved his hands try and gave up trying to describe it. And what do you care what they say? Why? You live in a cave. You don't know what it's like to live with a bunch of, I, I know what it's like to be an outsider. And this is when you're like, ah, this is why Loki and Agrabota go together so well, despite Loki always being a dick. So then on 43, you already said to be an outsider, right? Or did I have that in my head? No, I said it. Okay. And how did that work out for you? Oh, that's right. You were stabbed and lit on fire multiple times. And now you're hiding out here on the edge of the world all by yourself. I would rather be considered disgusting and shameful among the rest than be alone like you. Is that what they called you? Disgusting and shameful? 
Angerboat asked, ignoring his jab at her, mind you. Although her memories as Goldbeak were vague enough, she recalled feeling like she didn't belong. And the moment they turned on her, burned her, she'd felt a lot of things. But the emotion she could recall most distinctly was not fear or anger, but the feeling of being used. And then she says that she cares for him and that she wishes she could take the words back, but they're already out there. And then Loki goes, wait, you don't find me repulsive? You don't think like what I did, what I can do? It's not something. If that were the case, do you think I would have spent the entire winter literally and figuratively cleaning up after you? But then she places a finger over his lips. From now on, once you cross this threshold, you must either stop caring as you said you would, or bring your bothersome feelings elsewhere. Do I make myself clear? So you can see that they're starting to open up to each other. You skipped the best part. Sorry, speak it. <laughs> well, you did like never got there. And Loki was like, are you saying it's bothersome that I have feelings or that I should single out specific feelings that are bothersome and leave those at the door? The second one, she says. And he's like, who gets to determine that? And she says, I suppose you do. Loki stuck his tongue out and made to lick her finger, but she pulled it away and glared at him. Did you hear a word I just said? Yes. Then what did I say? Feelings at the door. I shall do so on one condition that I can bring inside the most bothersome ones. And she said, that's not no condition at all. You really weren't listening to me, were you? And he says, of course I was. I just figured you might want to make an exception for these particular feelings, bothersome though they may be, because they're about you. I can't believe you skipped that part. It's basically a very roundabout love confection. I'm sorry. Well, you said it. Anger Boda found she couldn't sit still under his gaze and she got up, putting more kindling on the fire. She sat back down under the blanket with him. He moved closer to her and she turned and looked at him again. If I'm such a bore, why are you still here? You're not a bore. I'm all just. Remember? Still, the fact that you've kept returning means something. What more would you have of me? So much more for locking all my bothersome feelings away at the bottom of my cursed heart. I would have all of you. I would have everything. And then she replies, you're going to break my heart with the with this business with the gods break your heart i would never i was the one who gave it back to you remember and he cut her off with a kiss Wah! i was so excited and then they kept kissing and then she you know untied the drawstring on his pants <laughs> why do you have to say that one <laughs> <laughs> it's getting smutty but then at the end she says i will give you whatever you need anger decided then after all you gave me back my heart and I was like, that's so sweet. Is it bad that I read that part and part of me said, was like going in my head, it's like, look, you should have eaten it. Only you. <laughs> Only you, Madison. <laughs> All right. I have something on page 51. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. Oh, wait. We meet Ang uh, Scotty's um, sister. Cousin. Yeah. Cousin. I don't like her. Weird. She gets better. She gets better. But at this moment, I don't really like her because she's very judgmental. Well, yeah, so that's what I have to talk about on page 51. Okay. So go for it. The top of page 51 goes, is he your husband? And then Agraboda says, how do you know they're a he? Scotty's face twitched just a bit, just twitched just the slightest bit. But she said nothing. Gerd looked confused. If you're going to lie with a man, you should be married to him. But I take you're not married, which else you wouldn't be living in a cave. Agarboda looked at Scotty. You keep the most charming company. She's family, but you know I'll trade with anyone, even a loose sorceress, it appears. Just give her the plants, Gerd. And I was like, marriage shaming. Which is funny because like in mythology, people do the craziest shit. But then people decide to be prudish and like, you should be married. 
Right, right. Let's just ignore the fact that a shape-shifting man just gave birth to an eight-legged horse, but we it's don't fine. shame. I mean, they don't know. I, I fucking shame. I'm taking what you told me, and you said if people put it out there for me, I'm going to shame them, because if they didn't want me to king shame, they wouldn't have put it out there for me, so I'm shaming. I don't I'm think he can hide the fact that he got pregnant. No, not at all, but I'm just saying. I don't think getting... Ho- Never mind. I'm gonna keep my cards. No, I need I need you to say this. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think getting pregnants um pregnant. A horse is pregnant as a kink, but then I remembered bestiality as a thing, so I Oh, is that because of that joke I was talking <laughs> made you listen to? <laughs> Noodles. That's weird. The internet's a disgusting place. Mm-hmm. And then we have I have something on page fifty two that I wanna talk about. Go for it. Oh, wait. Oh, I do. I do, too. But you go first. It was, uh, so Agraboda and Loki are talking because Gerd and Scotty have left. And so Loki's still naked. He is stretched in a lazy, self-assured way, the way the cat does before putting his arms around her from behind. Do you always walk around naked? I should visit more often. On the contrary, I'm generally fully clothed despite living alone. That's a shame. Perhaps I would be more disposed towards nakedness if you did visit me more often. Then perhaps I can take you up on that. He breathed the word into her temple. That was, it was a good night. It was, she said, and turned to face him. They kissed. Loki, but Loki pulled away after a moment or two and said, perhaps Scotty's cousin was right. Perhaps I should marry you. And I was like, are they just married now after this? They've known each other for how fucking long and now they're getting married? The timeline's weird. I don't give a shit about the timeline. I'm just mad. Why? Because even Angerboda, who's been killed thrice... Who almost gotten her heart got her heart eaten, but then it was given back, and then she had to take care of a fucking horse who was a shapeshifter. Gets proposed to. I'm, I'm failing to see why you're mad at this. Because why can't that be me? Oh, <laughs> I was like, why are you mad? Good things are happening to Ramona. Yeah, good for her. Not happy for her. That's all I got to say about that. But yeah, so on page 53, so will you be my wife? Agraboda pulled him closer. So much had happened so quickly and she couldn't deny what she felt for him even before this. I would be honored, she said at last. So they're just fucking married. Just de- they- She's like me and my husband where we just like went to the DMV and declared ourselves married. Yay. Congrats to the happy couple. Yay. So is that what you were upset about when you texted yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she's like upset that Loki threatened to eat her heart. No, no. And I mean, I'm happy for her. She's she finally is filling that hole in her heart. But what about me? Well, since I know your boyfriend doesn't listen to the podcast, you can shit on him here. Or I can. Because I love him. So. All right. Oh, 54. Scotty comes to visit. Loki's left. And Angerboda had grown restless during the autumn while he was away. Winter was close at hand in Ironwood by the time Scotty dropped by for one last visit before the mountain passes snowed her in. So you'll be spending the winter by yourself, she asked, as she plopped a great bag of dried meat down on the table. I hope not, Angerboda thought, handing her a cup of ale. It seems that way. Me and the goats. And the baby, too, said Scotty. Or am I wrong? How did you know? I'm observant, though I've never observed any men around here. Who is the baby's father? Not a wolf, I hope. So here we see the wolf come up again. So I'm starting to think maybe Golvig was a mother of wolves. I think it's just the fact that she's a witch in the Ironwoods and that's where they came from. That it's just like something people keep bringing up. But if we're going off what I think, I do think Golvig was the mother of wolves. She's just been around forever. Right. And I wouldn't put it past like what 
I was saying earlier, where sometimes like you live for, for you've been alive for a really long time and you're like, I don't remember. I don't know. Could have been. Right. So that's really all I have, except for Scotty's kind of mad that like, OK, your husband's not here. Like, that's kind of a shame or whatever. But then again, she also kind of I wouldn't say throws a judgmental snide towards Anger Boda, but she basically says like, OK, and he doesn't know. Like, when are you going to tell him? I don't think it's a snide towards Anger Boda. I think Scotty is kind of being like, when is your husband coming back? So you can tell him. Right. But Scotty is like, I'm not letting you sit out here all winter by yourself pregnant. You're coming to my my house. She says, you're right. Of course, I was being bullish. It's just I'm not I'm not quite used used to this quite yet. I, I wish I had someone to share it with. Isn't that the point of being married? Scotty scoffed. Some husband you have. Scotty's like, help me move things, but don't pick up too many heavy things. And you shouldn't work too hard. So, and then Loki shows up as a falcon on page 57. As Agrabota was finishing up, a falcon perched itself on a tree branch near her head and peered at her. She looked at Scotty, who was busy rearranging the supplies on the sled and muttering herself and then back at the bird and whispered, it's about time. Sorry, there was this business with a giant and some golden apples. Business in which I may have or may or may not have been involved. We see more crossover with mythology here. And he's like, where are you going? Uh, She's like, I'm going to go to the mountains with Scotty for the winter. I was invited and Scotty has sworn violence on my absent husband for leaving me to the winter alone. I'd stay a bird if I were you. And then she goes to Scotty's house. Which I thought was like nice. So she's not alone, you know, because she does talk about how she doesn't like she doesn't like the feeling of being alone. She's she's at peace with it. But, you know, it does get lonely, you know. But then she doesn't even she didn't even tell him that she was pregnant. Right. They go to Scotty's house and then they find out that Scotty's dad has been killed by the Aesir's for abducting the goddess Idun and her golden apples of eternal youth. I'm not going to try to pronounce her dad's name. Captured a man called Loki first and threatened him until he agreed to find to find a way to get him to Idun. And he did. And then to get her back, Loki flew into his this very room and turned Idun into a nut, they say, and flew back to Asgard. So Loki was very involved in Scotty's dad's death. Yeah. So then at this point, Angerbone is like, okay, well, Scotty cannot know that Loki is my husband. Because at this point, Scotty's like, I'm going to kill Loki to avenge my father's death, which, I mean, makes sense. And Angerboda says, perhaps they will compensate you instead, and perhaps I will spear them all through before they can so much as speak a word. The tears nudge up from Scotty's face. Where did you get that scar? That was them, wasn't it? They did that to you? Yes, but that was in another time, another life. There's no such thing. And time doesn't matter unless you're keeping track of it. I will go alone, and after I take you back to Ironwood, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. This is something I must do. So she spends the winter with Scotty and then she drops her off back at her cave. Then Loki shows up and gave him only a peck on the lips when he entered the cave. Instead of the passionate, lingering embrace she envisioned all winter, he looked surprised like he was expecting a warmer welcome than that and blinked at her from her place in the doorway. You've gotten fat, he commented as he watched her bustle about. Not that I mind, he added hastily. It's a good look for you. Well, thank heavens for that. And for your information, I have not gotten fat. Well, from what I can see, think about it, Loki. Think very, very hard. So who is the father? And then she's like, oh, I don't know, my husband. And he's like, well, I suppose this is a bad time to mention that the Aesir made me take a wife among them. Yeah, I didn't know how I felt about that. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of along the lines, like you've heard that that saying about sailors. It's like, uh, they got a girl in every port. Mm -hmm. I was like, I could kind of see it being extended to like mythologies where it's like, Oh, yeah, uh, a wife in every realm. 
Because I think in mythology, Loki has three wives. That's crazy. Yeah. That's the word. Realm, not dimension, but thank you. <laughs> well, I have it written down when you were like, we were talking about it. You're like different dimensions. And I was like, I had like, I wrote down like, well, okay, we now we have to talk about the nine realms. <laughs> oh, there's so much. And then you find out that Loki's other wife is pregnant too. Yeah. I just, I felt so bad for Agraboda. <laughs> they made you marry her. Agraboda echoed in disbelief. It seems to me that you cannot be made to do anything you don't want to. Do you love her? Do you love me? But then he says, I think you were the reason I figured I might be able to love someone. Why would I give you back your heart only to break it? I suppose that must mean something, right? You suppose. And I do so hate to see you cry. And I hate even more that I was the cause of it. And then he's a dick and he's, and she's like, oh, who would pine after you? And he's like, well, my other wife would. Oh, man. But in Loki's defense, he says, right, they made me marry her. I suppose they're, they're trying to keep me in line. I told them I already had a wife in Jotunheim, but they disregarded it. And as such... They don't recognize you as my wife and made me take another. It kind of like gives me he might have been in danger if he didn't take another wife. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like if he didn't, were they going to... I mean, they're already dicks to him. <laughs> right. But it's like, Loki, did you really have to do other stuff with her? But they fight and I don't know. They're like, okay, by the end of it, I guess. And Loki's like, I don't like babies like at all. And I'm not helping with it. And they have weird heads. <laughs> And then he's like, babies are very inconvenienced. I agree. <laughs> I was like, he's not wrong, but I feel like that's a mean way to say it. I don't know. They fight. I guess she's okay with him being married to Sinjin and, and other stuff, I guess. That's something on page 74 if you don't have anything else. Oh, we learned that Scotty, on her way to go avenge her father, she was compensated by taking a husband. And we learned this from Gerd. His name is Nord. And he is of the veneer, a sea god. But then Angerboda's like, but she didn't want a husband. And she didn't want to be by the sea. She loves the mountains. Like, even Angerboda's like, this isn't going to work. But she was made to choose her husband by his feet alone. She was hoping for a Baldur, Odin's own son, the youngest and fairest of the gods. He's not even grown his beard and everyone is lusting after him. Baldur. Um, Baldur. Baldur. How did, I... hmm? How did I say it? You said Baldur, like you're trying to say it's French. Well, I don't fucking know. These all these words are made up. I'm just Oh, okay. It's just Balder. <laughs> so yeah. Scotty is now married, I guess. But go ahead. I just have on page 74, it's just like foreshadowing. But again, it's kind of like when we were reading Home Before Dark, where it's like anything for him, anything for the child inside her, pressed between them and evidently incensed by the mother's quickened pulse, anything for them, anything. And for some reason that scared her as if the thought itself were a promise she knew she couldn't hope to keep. And then on page 76, we find out how far she's willing to go for her kid. Mm -hmm. So it starts off in... 75 the baby was dying by the time she gave birth it might be too late to save it because before while Angerboda was sitting down she started bleeding and she realized that the baby hadn't moved and she couldn't remember the last time she had felt the baby move she descended without even thinking shedding her body like a snake sheds its skin her lips forming and she didn't know all forming words she didn't know she knew so she's using the seed sacred words a chant calling back the baby her daughter Angerboda could almost feel Yidrasil as she reached out could almost skim her fingertips over the fabric binding the universe together luckily the child had not gone that far but Angerboda certainly wouldn't would have risked using the world tree if it 
had come down to it. So she's telling her baby to come back and then at long last she felt the child kick. It took until late that day for her to gather the will to get up out of bed to get some water and clean herself and eat. And that was around the time she realized that she was still too distraught to cry. And I was like, she has a miscarriage, but it doesn't count because she went to the ends of the earth to bring it back. Right. Which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's how far she's willing to go for her baby. And she ends up putting herself in danger because the next section right. say, it goes with the dreams began that night. Something is calling for her. I need you to do this for me and go into the darkness. Mm-hmm. And it goes, someone noticed what I did. And this someone wanted something from her. So my question is, had she been having these dreams before or this is the moment that those dreams started? I think it was the moment she started using the Saeed again after she died for the third time. That okay. They were able to sense her presence because up until this point, they either thought she was like dead or powerless, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Or like they just didn't know where she was. And this was like a honing signal straight to her. I have something on 80, but if you... Have anything else, let me know. Okay, my, I apologize. I had said Gerd had told Anger Boda of what happened with Scotty. It was Loki who told her that. Then on 78, Gerd comes in and finds her at the river, or sorry, at the stream. And Gerd offers her a head covering. How sweet of her. So we see like Gerd slowly transitioning to maybe being a little bit nicer. And then while at the stream... Angerboda has her first contractions. And then you said you had something at 80? It is the like the birth. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, so she's starting to give birth to the baby. But there's something wrong with the baby. But at the moment, she's like, she has her father's eyes and she's looking at me like she's surprised she's here. Is it right that a little baby like her looks so wise? And then she names her daughter Hill. She's not a normal baby, is she? Gerd asks. She's not crying. She looks very concerned about her new living situation, Agraboto agreed. There's something curious about her, I suppose, but it's not that bad sort of curious. She's absolutely perfect. And then you find out that Hell's legs are dead. Yeah. And so Agraboto does some weird witchy magic and then makes hell stop crying but her daughter's legs were still cold yet still moving so it's like from the waist down she's just like kind of dead i don't know it's like you were saying it doesn't make sense and it doesn't have to right i guess like i i guess kind of how i took it was that like because the baby at the time when the baby was dying and anger boda went to the ends of the earth it almost seemed like the death was traveling up the baby's body so it started at the feet and then anger boda was able to stop it before it got anywhere else that's kind of how i took it i think that makes sense but i don't think there's anything in mythology that will like confirm that right so it's like okay poetic license Next time I think I have is when Scotty comes to visit again. 84, she comes by. And Gerd stays with her. And then Scotty comes. But then we learn that on page 84, we've separated. It only took me one night to realize I couldn't live by the sea. The gulls and the waves are too loud. Yet I stayed nine nights and Nord stayed nine in my hall. But he could not sleep for the howling of the wolves. We parted on good terms and I shall still see him sometimes. He's a good man and still my husband, and I will always be welcome in Asgard. I am reckoned among the gods now. There are humans in Midgard who prey to me on hunts. We just take this time to feel sorry for Agraboda, who's just given birth. Her husband shows up 
two months later. Yeah, I like read that and I was like, are you serious? But Loki absolutely adores his new little baby. Can we talk about, let's see, let's see. Hell, what kind of name is that? Loki laughed and Hell stirred at the sound. She screwed up her face to cry, but when she opened her eyes and saw him, her features went slack and she looked him dead in the eye and held his gaze. But Loki was staring back at the baby and his entire expression had changed. He was as much in awe of her as Angerboda had been on the day she was born, and Hell in turn seemed enamored of her father, so much so that all of a sudden, she smiled widely at him with her little pink tongue lolling out. Loki was not paying the least bit of attention to her. He was suddenly smiling at Hell like Angerboda had never seen him smile before, and he reached out his finger so the baby could grip it in her tiny hand. In that moment, Angerboda realized she was witnessing love at first sight. Isn't that so cute? It was cute. I was like, oh. But then you find out Loki loves Hell. But the reason he didn't come back for a long time is he was scared he wouldn't like it. Because I guess he doesn't like his son that much. Which, I mean, I guess is reasonable. But also, your wife just gave birth. And it was a very, uh, scary birth. Well, he didn't know because he wasn't there. And then his other wife was giving birth. And then the Asgardians are going to be all like, yeah, you need to pay attention to your wife. And we don't acknowledge your other wife. So... I do think it's funny where Agraboda is like, she burbled, that means yes, then what means no, cooing, once again, whatever you say. Now, if you're quite finished hogging my daughter, our daughter, thank you, hell, do you want your stinky old witch mama to hold you now? <laughs> Feel free to coo and stay with me forever. Hell burbed, a beat past. Fine. She must be hungry. Surely that's the only explanation. Or she's about to have explosive diarrhea and wants to spare me. Bless her little heart. Or perhaps she's just fonder of me. You know, like, is this normal for, like, parents to be all like, I'm the baby's favorite? No, I am. Probably. I don't know, because I have I don't know. I don't have kids. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> but, and then on page 91... Agravota finally tells Loki about the dreams. And he's curious about it, but he's like, it's weird mm -hmm. the way he kind of wants to address the Saeed, but doesn't want to. And he's like, so you truly think it's Odin who's after you again? What page are you on? Sorry. 91. And she's like, it doesn't feel like him, but I don't, it doesn't feel like anyone I know. And my whole question is like, who is it? Right. Which I feel like we're going to find out in the second section. I'm sure. I hope we find out. Loki looks skeptical, skeptical at that, but said, perhaps it is Odin. Then it sounds like something he would do. He practices Saeed, even though it's woman ma woman's magic. And nobody says anything, but I give birth to one eight-legged horse and never hear the end of it. They're still on about that? It's a good story. Obviously, if I'm still on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are loved here. Is that not good enough? How long do you really think we can continue this? Continue what? This arrangement we have here. Oof. If my husband said shit to me like that, I would have clubbed him. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, what? And then he's like, and, but you mean, she's like, you mean our marriage? And he's like, I mean, I'm starting to think about that you were right before. Hell's safety, your own. And that's, we skipped the part where she's like, I'm thinking about setting up a barrier so no one can find us in this triangle. And before mm -hmm. he was like, eh, we don't need it. And now he's like, oh, if someone's reading out for you in dreams and now we have a kid, maybe we should set up this magical barrier. And then she's like, I already did it. <laughs> because Agrabota gets shit done. Yes. Do you have anything? Mm -mm. 
Sorry, everyone. I forgot my tabbies while I was reading this. So I'm just kind of going off of what Madison has. Loki's talking about how awesome he is. And Agrabah is like, oh, I, I think that's why you have more than one vibe. And Loki's like, Sinjin is a good woman and loyal, but you have more gravitas. Agrabah raised her eyebrows. You think I possess a quality as gravitas? Absolutely. That's the one of the first things about you that intrigued me. Agrabah, Iron Witch. He gave her an odd look when she made a face at the nickname. You've never really thought about yourself, have you? It's like, it's like Loki sees a, a different part of her than she sees. Mm-hmm. which is nice. And then Loki seems to be embracing fatherhood. Yes, he came back with a small wolf figuring. Here's the wolf again. And he gave it to Hell and Hell immediately stuck the figure in her mouth and sucked on it. And when her first teeth began to appear, she chewed on it, looking irritable all the while. She sounds so cute, except for her dead legs. But, you know, that's okay. You know, I don't know how I feel about having a sentient baby around me. Well, it's like Inger Boda said, they're just a weird family. I mean, it's fair. I think I have on page 97, yeah. Because by midwinter, Hell was sitting up by herself as her parents discovered one night when they had finished making love in front of the fire and turned to find her sitting up on the pile of furs. Hell was staring at them like they'd both lost their minds, dangling her drool-saturated wolf figurine from her mouth in confusion. Loki and Angerboto looked at each other and then back at Hell who gave a pointed burble. I was like, could you imagine living in a house with a sentient baby where they're just like silently judging you and they can't do anything yeah. because they can't move? But then we find out that Anger Boda is pregnant again. When, said Scotty, do I get to cut off your husband's balls and feed them to your goats? I laughed at that. I made a note here and I was like, I'm pretty sure Scotty gets to do something to Loki's balls. Eventually. Because she made multiple comments about Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is foreshadowing. But we learned that Scotty continually dislikes Loki um, because he's always gone. And she says, I wish you had conceived this child yourself. It's one thing to be without a father entirely and to not know what one is missing, which in your situation wouldn't be much. But to have one who only shows up at his own pleasure and with Hell so attached to him. It is really cute when they're like, they just like say daddy or something. And Hell's like, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> and then i thought it was funny how on 99 uh scotty left and slammed the door oh because oh their little fight that they had you know where she was like you have officially worn out your welcome for today my friend those matters became my business when they compromised your well-being my friend my well-being is not being compromised as such it is not your business i apologize for my concern then obviously i had nothing to worry about Thank you for your hospitality. I shall be back soon with the goods you requested. Have more potions ready by then. Then Scotty left and slammed the door behind her. Hell glanced up and gave her mother a deadpan look, such that Angerboda was reminded utterly of herself. Mwah, Hell said. It was a sound that she learned from the goats, but she somehow managed to make it sound disapproving. What? Angerboda said defensive. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> she was out of line. Hell stuck the wolf figurine back in her mouth and said no more on the subject. Anger Boda got the feeling that she had just lost an argument to an infant, and oddly enough, she wasn't even surprised about it. The child was Loki's, after all. I did think that was hilarious. But I would be offended if my friend suggested I was also my husband's plaything. Right. So, I, I see where Scotty's coming from, but I get why Agraboda was like, I think you should leave, my friend. So I have uh, page 100 to 103 is just kind of like married life with a child. 
because Loki is Giving spending the winter thing. with them. But Agraboda is pregnant again. We just talked about that. And she's like, where is this baby? And, he's a, and she says, I can feel his heart beating. He's alive. So you know it's a boy then. And then Loki shows up at the beginning of winter. So they get to spend winter together with hell. And then we get to see Loki being the doting dad, even though I don't know how to say it. <laughs> he's like, being a doting dad, but you're like, you're, you're preventing your kid from developing because you can't just carry them around like that. Right. I think my mom told us that they're like, she was like, my, your little sister didn't learn how to walk for a while because you guys kept bringing her stuff. But then we do see that in 104, 105, Angerboat is starting to, she's, she's going into labor at this point. And Loki walks out and she's like, okay, well, he's gone now, I guess. But then he comes back in. And with a bucket of snow to melt over the fire, and he left again and returned to her side with a pile of fabrics and blankets from one of her storage chests. He must have taken that time to pull himself together, for she was now startled by his composure. And then he helped deliver the baby, and the second child was born. And she knew something was wrong just by the look on Loki's face as he picked up the creature she had just delivered. Creature! mind you not human a grayish wolf with its eyes closed it's nearly the size of hell had been when she was born far bigger than the average wolf born in a litter he is a wolf do you find this odd i find this odd why is he a wolf we're odd he's odd does this displease you not in the least i'm just confused and then they decide to name him Fenrir. but why though i just like the way it sounds don't you <laughs> you imagine just a little baby wolf in your house probably so cute they're asking if he's like a spontaneous wolf changing or shape changing in the womb because loki is a shape a shape changer and then no wolves are interesting and people are scared of them it'd be exciting to have a son who's a wolf maybe i can train him to eat people i don't like you're not training our son to eat anyone i hear your nagging tone but not the words you're saying no eating people i make no promises on our son's behalf and then i have on they're like Ten years developing somewhere at the pace between a, a wolf pup and a child. And he has Loki's eyes. And then when he was barely a year old, Fenrir's head was only at the level with Loki's knee. This led Agraboda to conclude that their son was not done growing by any stretch of the imagination. He already had a mouthful of sharp teeth and enjoyed gnawing on bones. Yet Agraboda wondered if he would ever be able to talk and how such a thing could be possible. She also pondered Loki's comment about the spontaneous shape changing in the womb. And their, night their son was born and wondered if he really had inherited his father's shape changing na nature. And thus far... Fenrir had not exhibited any such abilities. He had simply been born a wolf. And then when Fenrir is two, she finally gets to hear her son talk in her head. Yeah. Rather, uh, his voice, his voice appeared in their heads. It was a small voice, a child's voice, and spoke in, it spoke little and about simple things like food and the weather and the goats. From the first moment, Agraboda heard the word mama, his infantile voice in her head speaking with confidence, turned to see Fenrir looking at her and wagging his tail. It's like, it's so cute. <laughs> we see Loki being the bad influence dad where forget your silly spells will be safe enough here with a attack wolf. This is going to be great. I think, <laughs> I still think we should train him to eat people. No, but he wants to eat people. He would love to eat people. Isn't that right, Fenrir? Yes, Fenrir wag wagged his tail, his tongue lolling out of his mouth. See, excellent. We'll just have to keep him away from the goats. And then unsurprisingly, Hel was as enamored as her father as she'd been the first time she saw him. 
Agrabona got the feeling sometimes that hell was the only reason he ever returned to Ironwood, although he swore up and down that this was not the case. Then again, there weren't a lot of things Agrabona wasn't willing to put up with just to see her daughter smile and to keep her with an eyesight. What page are you on? 110, but what I just read was at the bottom of 109. Okay. And then the next thing I have is on page 113. Go for it. Well, on page 111, sorry, Scotty really likes Fenrir and lets her, them go hunting with her sometimes. And Fenrir wrestles with Scotty and they like to hang out with each other. And Scotty sometimes looks at Hell weird and she goes, every day Hell looks more like her father, Agrabeta often thought, thought, for she was sure that Scotty was seeing the same thing. She wondered how often Scotty saw Loki in Asgard and wondered when her friend would make the connection between Loki and her daughter. Yeah, I was wondering that. I was like, when is Scotty going to make the connection? Or is she ever going to make the connection? I feel like Agrabot is going to have to tell her at some point. And then on page 113, we have, She ran her hand through Loki's hair. He stirred but remained asleep, breathing on her neck with his forehead pressed against her cheek, drooling on her shoulder. Her hand had traveled down her stomach and rested there. On the loose skin and structs marks that were the result of carrying her first two children, she wondered what sort of child she would bring into the world this time. And to her distress, this was a question laced not with excitement, but fear. So she's pregnant again, and she's like, oh god, what am I pregnant with this time? And then Loki fucking leaves again. But for, like, a long time. Yeah. I think Hell gets upset. Mm-hmm. And then Fenrir grows really skittish and starts to stay inside. And then Scotty is like, um, I'm going to kill your husband. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just going to say that. I was like, I still mean to kill this man. One day I shall. You will. Which I think, I feel like is uh, foreshadow. One day I shall. You will do no such thing. I can't promise that. Yep. And then that's the end. That's oh, the well, end. The first section. Huzzah. Wait, wait. What are we reading to after that? Sorry, I had it written down, but I can't find my sticky note. We are reading to 236. It's kind of the thing where it's like in the middle of the page, but there's an obvious break. So it's... Right. Okay. Do you have any discussion? No, I don't have discussion questions. <laughs> I have to ask because what if you do? I'll, I'll tell you at the beginning, but I definitely don't have them because I know, oh, Madison probably has like seven in what? Seven waiting. I only have four. Oh. Christ. I know, but since you asked about the nine realms, do you want to talk about that? Maybe we could do like a bonus episode on that. Okay, you're like asking me to brush up on my Norse mythology, so. If you want to, we don't have to, but I guess there's nine levels. <laughs> Something else I have to explain to you. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do a different episode. Okay. And I'll do some digging too, so I can, I'll type it in my thing. Honestly... I would prefer you not because I'm going to tell you right now. You're like, oh, obviously there's nine realms. It should be easy. Just list out the nine realms. You know how I told you how the there's not a lot of primary sources and it's fucky because people change shit. Yeah. There's a lot of debate on what is the nine realms, if there ever were nine realms and all of that. So it's like it's like your headache with Greek mythology. Like if you are not willing to like get into that, what do they what do you call it? It's like a black hole of just stuff. And you're oh. like, I feel like I didn't get anywhere, but now I have all this useless knowledge. Right. So if that's something you don't want to waste your time on, I understand <laughs> because you're like, Oh, what are the nine realms? And there's like f four to five confirmed ones, if that. Hmm. So. Yeah, I pulled up nine realms of Norse and there's many. 
Yeah, I was like, there might be like a hundred potential realms. It's crazy. Um, I was like, so what do you think about the beginning of the book with the Asgardians treatment of Golvig? I mean, it's fucked up. They killed her twice, three times. I keep wanting to say thrice because it's the word. Uh, They killed her (laughs) thrice because she refused to do Odin's bidding, basically. Like, she's like, I'm not doing that for you. So in turn, he's like, okay, well, I'm killing you by spearing you and stabbing you in the heart and then burning you. I was like, obviously, it's not good motivation because it didn't work. Right. So, so I was going to have you compare it. The Ace, the Aesir's treatment of Golvig versus the Veneers, because the Veneers are the ones who are like, you're killing Golvig. We're going to start a war over this. And that's right. how she gets the name Golvig, which is like gold list. It's like, obviously, she's not a bad lady. It's like Odin's just being a dick. Right. Which is like, oh, no, the the father god and the mythology is an asshole. Real original, guys. I guess this kind of, we already answered this, but it's like, would you be interested in seeing slash knowing more of the myths intertwined with this story? I think so. But also like having some background knowledge to know what's going on, because like, I feel like you might have you have a little bit more understanding, even though it is all very like surface level. You know? Yeah. Who do you think Loki loves? Oh, I think he loves Angerboda. I just think he's off. I think he's just like lost because he's like, I need, I have to go to my Asgardian wife. And while he may love her, because he did say like, yes, but he also loves his children and Angerboda, like in a different way, you know, like there are different forms of love where I think he like genuinely, truly like his heart is with Angerboda, but he has to be with his other wife too. Well, it's like, you see, he married Angerboda on his own after someone was like, is that your husband? Versus like the, the Aesir being like, no, you you need to marry this lady. And then what are your opinions on the idea of like, she doesn't remember her past life because she got killed or because it's, she's so old, she just doesn't remember it. I definitely think it's a mixture of both. Like, she's so old that so much time has passed for her to not remember it. But also, like, with each kill, I feel like she's lost a part of her. So that's why she can't remember. Do you think that has to do with, like, bodily damage or trauma? Maybe both. Maybe both. That's fair. No, that's all I have. I'm excited to see what's next. I definitely feel like we're going to learn who is calling for her in these dreams that she's been having. I think she's going to give birth to a creature, not a human. Do you want me to give you a hint? Look on the cover. Oh, oh a snake. <laughs> the sniffy on snake. Little snake. We get to make snake jokes again. Snake. <laughs> Okay, so I think she's gonna, yeah, a creature, i.e. form of a snake. And I think Scotty is gonna learn the identity of Angerboda's husband. See, I think it's like, it's kind of weird knowing some Norse mythology and reading this because it's like we said in the beginning when you were doing your five sentence summary, you're like, it's mm-hmm. it's a weird timeline to try to see. Honestly, I really have to respect any author that like writes a mythology based thing that's actually good because of how much research it goes into it. Where they're like, all right, what is the timeline? What makes sense? Right. And that's like the... I don't know. I, I'm just going to assume that it's like a bunch of time. Like it's a prolonged period of time. But with the, but that's the hard part too. Because like I'm expecting a prolonged period of time. 
But then the kids are just like, oh, Fenrir was two years old when I finally started listening, like hearing him in my head. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah. You want to get into like, well, how long is a year in this? Right. (laughs) No, yeah, no, it's crazy. Did you see there's discussion questions in the back of the book? I didn't want to read them because I don't want spoilers, but. So our buzzed review will be very fun. I don't. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. I won't. But they do have. I think there's a glossary that tells you how to pronounce things. I was I was looking to see if it does, but it doesn't. Balder, Balder, Nerdsrig. Very cool. I'll have to take a look at this because like this will give me more insight, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I like getting you into like weird things that I'm into. Thanks. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah. we'll see you guys next episode. We'll follow us on Instagram. Yeah, follow us on our Instagram. We're trying to post a little bit more frequently. We've just been busy with life. Anyway, ending the episode. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. We're reading to like what what page was it again? Page two thirty six. Yeah, two thirty six. Okay. Bye.